this year is all about is inviting more people to the table and for us to be able to invite more to the table that don't look like us don't sound like us and to feel comfortable to have those conversations we need to learn how to navigate through those conversations we need to learn how to use our differences to add value now is the time you're invited to join us a movement of leaders who are willing to step into a new approach to leadership across the global landscape. This is as simple as humanity being just you and I, and stakeholders being the value you place on each decision to add or take away from humanity going forward. Hold a minute. Stay with us. We know people like you want to play at a different scale, and these conversations help create the opportunity for you to take this up a notch, or two, or a whole lot more. With a curiosity, let's dig deeper behind the scenes to see the why, the what, the where, the who, and the when. From other smart humans who make smart decisions and innovate smart, sustainable solutions to narrow the gap from problem to solution. Learn in today's conversation how you can begin to do this. Come, join us. Hey, it's my favorite time of the week and is here on the Global Human Intelligence Podcast having a conversation with you. I hope you setting yourself up for a good year. Did you enjoy the last podcast that I had on? It was actually a different one. It wasn't me having a conversation with someone else. Well, it was but it was actually being interviewed by Sam Riley. And I really liked it because I'm comfortable with having conversations with her. I have them all the time. We've known each other for a long time now. And it really just allows me to let you know what I'm thinking for the year ahead. And then on top of it, sort of, where I think leadership has been in the last sort of 12 months and then what I'm thinking for the next little space of leadership. And I think what is always interesting in those moments is sometimes I don't necessarily verbalize it all in one spot. You get little pieces of it over time, but I loved it because it's almost like you got this whole big gamut of the bigger picture with me. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I'm really good at is doing the big bird's eye of of a situation. What do I mean by that? I mean that sometimes, you know, I find and I I sort of hesitated then because I was like, well, I don't want to sound like that this is a bad thing. I just think that it is a thing. And so in this situation, I look at the bigger picture. That means it's almost like I want all the pieces and I just want to see the lay of the land. I don't, they don't need to all be in, in the right order. I just want the thinking. Have you got some thoughts around it? Have you got some ideas? What is it you're thinking? What are even opportunities that you already have maybe that you're thinking about? The big picture, okay? And sometimes this is actually like giving yourself that space, that space to dream bigger, that space to think beyond. 
And for me, this is your V spot, right? I know anyone that's done any work, anyone that's built out a decision DNA culture pattern with me, you would know that this is your V spot. This is the bigger vision. This is that moment that there's a clean slate. There's no judgment. There's no, I don't know how to do that. There's no, like you have permission to think, to dream, to do whatever. I love that moment. I love that moment when I give that opportunity to clients, literally, to go and I ask this question, if nothing was stopping you, what would that look like? What would it sound like? What would it feel? And that moment when it's like, I can only think of it, I'm not an artist, but I like the thought of that one day maybe I could just get out into the in, into the you know backyard and and get out the um, you know the white or whatever it is the the clean slate and then just start drawing something on it and I often think of it as this moment that you've got a clean piece of paper I love that feeling. I have my big clean and if it's my black paper, it's my black paper and my white pen and I anything can come out of it. Or if it's my white paper, it's the white paper and a pencil and I just start putting whatever's going on in my head onto that paper. What I love about that is there's all these pieces. For many, that would be like overwhelmed. You know, I just had a partnership meeting and one of the things that my husband really struggles with is when there's so many different pieces he's a now person in other words he feels it in that now he's got that idea he just wants to roll with it that's fine in the moment and it's good for quick execution when you've got to get things done what it's not good at is looking at the bigger picture and that's what we were doing at that moment looking at that bigger picture going what are all the different pieces what is it you really want from this? What do we want the person or in this case, the clients to experience when they're being a part of this? And what are the pieces that we've got to work with at the moment? I love that piece. And I think that's what was nice about the conversation with Sam was you got to hear some of the bigger pieces that I'm thinking and I'm constantly reading, constantly listening to conversations with other leaders at what they're seeing. And I think the thing that I really miss right now is being on the ground in different countries because when you're on the ground, there are moments that you just don't get to hear about unless you're immersed into the culture. And I miss those moments. It's one of the reasons when we would be staying in a country that I would want to stay for longer periods of time. When you just breeze in, people treat you differently to when you start going to a local cafe and that's where you get your coffee every morning. People treat you differently when they realize that you're loving this place just as much as they are loving it that you see this beyond just another tourist spot. And because of that, the conversations change. And I think that's what I love about the bigger picture is you get thrown all these pieces and some pieces really excite, 
some are like hard work and what do we need to make that better and then other pieces are just pieces that need to connect so that it all has effortless flow so one of the things that I am good at is looking at that big picture but here's the other piece is then taking that big picture and going right back to what have we got to start with now what are we what have we got locked in what does it look like where are you you know at with your numbers whatever it is what's your capacity level uh what have we got to work with and then it's figuring out what are some of the pathways to get us from where you want to be to where you are now and I find that so interesting and it's one of the reasons that I am always asking other leaders what's going on what's happening in your world and it's not just a conversation starter it's because I'm actually really fascinated to find out what it is that you're seeing because if you're seeing it in the work that you're doing Maybe someone else is seeing it somewhere else. Maybe what you're seeing is different because you're doing different things. And it's working for you because you've put some strategy in place. What if I learned that strategy? What if I was able to then put that in place and knew that that would help me to have a better team, to be able to communicate in more effective ways with potential clients? What if it meant that I was able to get my message out to the world in a much clearer, easier conversation? So those moments, those moments are really important. And I, I am really grateful for having someone to ask those questions. So, you know, I hope that you got a lot out of our conversation with Sam. And if you didn't listen to it, that maybe you need to check it out because, yeah, you will understand a lot more of where I'm going. So here's what I want this particular conversation to focus on. There's something that I talk about a lot and it's human intelligence and we had a big conversation. So if you want to know more about that, I literally talked about the different pathways in which you can can go down or choose and and I said the velocity pathway, which is made up with the five intelligences. So if you want to know more about that, check out that podcast. And, you know, that was one of the ones that I did in the Global Human Intelligence podcast. And I just want to say that there are so many ways in which being able to use your brain and rewire to different behaviors have come into being really helpful and I don't talk about this very often and I was just on a literally an interview for someone else's podcast and it the interesting piece was that she has a son that has dyslexia and there's things that I do and the way that I have learned to communicate to others that I've had to use as strategies. And one of the reasons I'm into really building out a lot of strategies so that we can actually get the bigger picture happening is because I've had this learning disability and or, you know, struggle in my learning 
that at times really did hold me back. And I don't really talk about it, but I think it's important to talk about it because it actually gives you some reasons to why maybe I write in a particular way. Maybe I say things a certain way, why I, I, I kind of am who I am. And I think the best way to explain it is to actually tell you a couple of, like use some examples of the problem and then what I learned as a strategy. Because here's the interesting thing that I've found with anything that I do. But in these skills, it has helped me be a way more effective in the business world. That wasn't very well said in that. What I'm meaning to say is it's helped me be a better CEO, a better founder, a better businesswoman. It really has because I can communicate in ways that others can understand. So if you think about big picture, we talked about that first. Big picture isn't always certain. It's not always worked out. It's not always easy to be able to communicate a big picture. I get it. I've had to learn that. And because in a lot of ways, the way that my brain, the easiest way to explain to you is that if you know what a mind map is, it's kind of like this, for those that don't know mind maps, it's kind of like this idea. And then this idea grows into 50 ideas. And in those 50 ideas, there's like offshoots of another 50 ideas. And then off on another shoot, there's another 50 ideas and then another 50 ideas until you get the story. You get it. That's right. There's just all these branches off this one idea that it started with. Now, you imagine this in the business world. You come into a room and someone says, I'd love to think about us having this next initiative and this is what it's about. They come up with an idea. A person that has a brain like mine, a person that struggles with dyslexia, will go, and that idea just expanded, not just once, not just twice, 50 million times, and that's no exaggeration. So if I start talking, it may be overpowering because all of a sudden, what was a simple idea from someone else? I can see strategies coming from that. I can see how we could do this, the pathway to that, where to do that, and everyone else at the table is just going, hey, I, just, I was just starting with an idea. And already you've got pushback because how I think, how the next person thinks is so different. Just to give a little idea, a thought, a concept. Most people at the head table are not going to be me in coming like that. Most are, where would we start with this? What would this need to look like? Now, when you say it like that, and you're like going, just maybe let's have some three thoughts that could start developing from this. I go, three? Only three? So now you're bringing something to the table that actually slows that pace down for me. And I get frustrated because what you're saying, I'm like, that won't work because I've already worked out 
where we need to go, what that would do, where, how many people would need for that. And you're still even thinking that that would be a good idea. But I can't see it as a good idea because there's no pathway I can even figure out. And then on the other hand of it might be that you're saying, no, this is impossible because of this. And I go, actually, that's not impossible because we could do this, 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 and this, and this, and I can see it. Or I already know because I know other patterns that that would work, but you don't have the proven answer. You don't have proof in front of you that that would be a truth. You don't see that it's worked by anyone else. So why would you believe that that would work? Because I'm saying it. And then I get frustrated because you're not listening to me. So this actually is an issue when we're coming to the table and we have something that is different. At times it was limiting because I didn't know strategies. So problem being, you know, in this situation, I have a really different way to address a problem than the person next door to me. And this becomes an issue if we don't know ways to work around this. Ways to let me work at that pace and to be felt that I'm seen and heard, but that the other person is just as valid at that table and needs to be seen and heard and not having to work at that different pace. And I think that has been an interesting learning uh a learning ground even in the business world for me. And I think, you know, <laughs> I've had this conversation with many. A lot of females and I have clashed over time. I know that sounds kind of strange. And actually it's not happening now. I've got so many in my world and so many beautiful females that are coming on the journey with me and I with them. Here's the thing. And I think that this is an interesting thing to take note of. A lot of the time it was because I was misunderstood. They thought that I was just trying to demand attention or that I was just trying to be smart at the table or that I was trying to dominate. And actually it was nothing like that. It's just the way my brain thinks. It's just the value that I felt I had to add to the table. And what was interesting was that if I was at a table of guys who honestly thought much faster, were able to execute things, could take risks on things, then I found that that was the table that was easier to be at. Us as humans will go to things that are easier for us because it's easier for us to function in. Now, I actually think that we need to be at some of these tables where it's not so easy, but we need to learn how to do it well. So one of the things, and I've talked about this a lot, I'm an amazingly strong introvert. I love my introvert side of me. Why? Because I love being lost in my brain. My brain is interesting. My brain takes me down rabbit holes and a lot of the time I don't share it because I don't want to scare people. I don't want to feel like I'm talking about something and making you feel awkward about it. 
because I've been in that situation. I've felt awkward at the table. I felt like I don't know how to have a conversation with someone else. And there's been lots of people like that person next door to me at the table, at a table, and I've been the odd one out. And I don't ever want to make others feel uncomfortable like that because I didn't like that feeling. I didn't like being the different one. And I certainly didn't like all these crazy ideas going off in my head and having nowhere or not knowing how to use them and add value at the table. There were times when people would say to me, okay, well, you don't even speak up. You don't even say anything. And I would just inside of me go, unless I'm going to add value, I'm not going to say anything at the table. Or I'm not really sure why we're stuck on this problem, but it feels like everyone else is stuck at this problem on the table. So I'm going to be quiet because I don't feel stuck on this problem. I have a solution and I think it's a great one. And so that becomes awkward too. And so then I'll be quiet because I'm not trying to upset people at the table. And I think these little things add up when you're different at the table. And I think one of the things that this year is all about is inviting more people to the table. And for us to be able to invite more to the table that don't look like us, don't sound like us, and to feel comfortable to have those conversations We need to learn how to navigate through those conversations. We need to learn how to use our differences to add value. So why am I talking about dyslexia? Why am I talking about the introvert side of me? Because these things can have problems with them. Introvert means that I don't really get excited about meeting new people because I'm probably not going to get accepted I'm probably not going to feel like I've got anything to add to the table. What if they just, I'm not that kind of person that they love hanging out with. And those were the things that would stop me from wanting to ever meet new people. Because if I'm different to you, which by the way, in most cases, I'm really different to most people. And I had to learn strategies to be able to do that well. Now, I actually love meeting new people and I love finding out how there's maybe a piece of what you do, what I do, that we can connect on. And I learned that although people didn't need to understand everything about my brain, everything about me, that there were pieces people could understand. And if I worked hard at those pieces, I could make sure that I could relate to you on that piece. So what do I mean? Let's give some practical examples. So maybe you're a mom. Maybe you've got lots of kids. I'm a mom. I've got lots of kids. Okay, what if you're a mom with lots of kids and you run different companies? I can relate to you on that piece. I'm a mom. I've got lots of kids. I run different companies. Okay, already we've got some common ground. I may not think the same. I may not have the same values. I may not have the same beliefs, but I've already got some connecting ground. Okay, what if you're not a mom? What if you don't have those kids? What if you're not running lots of companies? What if you're just working on the next groundbreaking piece of science? 
that may create a solution that humanity is really looking for right now. I can't relate to the science side of it, although a lot of my work I'm getting more and more data on. I'm fascinated with data, how it works, what it looks like, what we could do with it. I'm fascinated at how the brain is wired, what that wiring looks like, how the foods that we put in, the exercise that we do, what we're saying, who we're hanging out with has an impact. Wow, all of us out in our world start connecting. How do you gather data? What does that look like? What are you doing with that data? What are you seeing? Okay, this is what I'm seeing. And all of a sudden, we have connection. There is always something you can find. You know, even the days when I would not really, I'd find myself at those tables where all this, you know, those that worked in corporate. I've never worked in corporate as a full-time profession. I cannot relate to that full-time, but I definitely have worked with corporate systems and I definitely know some of the difficulties that those in corporate are facing from working within government organizations with working within projects that have worked amongst the political space, amongst the community, amongst government, amongst you name it. There have been things that have made it very difficult to make decisions in, just as someone in corporate often finds making decisions a really slow process. So although I can't understand everything that maybe you're going through, there is always something I can pull on. Why did I do the decision table show? I did that because, one, as an introvert, It was the easiest way. I can have a conversation with someone, find out about them, press live, and someone else might learn from it too as well as me. And it's not awkward because we know we're here for a reason. A slight disruption to the conversation. I have a question for you. Are you even a little curious to see how you can use your platform to change the conversation? to maybe design solution pathways where you have certainty and afford movement? Or truly, do you want to increase your economic and cultural impact? Awesome human, if you want to lead, to pioneer a new approach, to role model what is possible and to leave sustainable footprints for the generations to come, then I would love for you to reach out to me and the team to see if we're the right fit to make this a reality for you. And if we're not, no hard feelings, as I know many awesome humans who may be the right one. Okay, I've included three ways in the show notes where you can begin a pathway with us on a journey to your next level. One, a strategy analysis. Two, the next growth incubator cycle. Three, a potential investment partnership. As founder and CEO of Decision Velocity Global, I'm all about building a sustainable, scalable growth ecosystem where humanity like you are stakeholders. 
to design cutting edge solution pathways and to narrow the gap from problem to solution. I want you to come on this journey with me and others and not to be left behind. There is a seat at the table for you. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Okay, so that's one reason. The other side of the decision table was because I wanted to role model to the world that every one of us can have conversations and from a conversation, every one of us can learn something from it. My only question that I ask at the end of every, every conversation is what's the one thing that you're taking from our conversation today? Why am I asking that? I'm asking it because this is one thing I can role model that I can learn from this, you can learn from this, and together we can learn from this. And maybe someone else is going to learn from it too. And I get excited about it. All right. So even though conversations haven't always been easy for me, meeting new people haven't been easy for me, this strategy by having the decision table show, I was about to say podcast because it is a podcast as well. And that's what I loved about it. It meant that not only was I doing this live show, I now can put that into a podcast and all of a sudden I can get a podcast out to the world. And so the decision table podcast became a thing and it became a role modeling of how we can just have a conversation and conversations can start changing culture. So it was a great example of doing it. It's not always been easy having conversations on there. Why? Because I've never met most of the people I've had conversations with on the decision table. And so, again, that's not one of my strengths. But what has been great about it is I'm great at asking questions. How did I learn to ask questions? Let's take it back to dyslexia. One of the things about me being dyslexic was when I was being asked questions, I didn't mean to annoy you. I didn't mean to misunderstand what you were saying. My brain just interprets the question that you were asking in many different ways. In fact, an example being if I sat and did an exam or filled out a form, when you ask a question, I start going, okay, this is, oh, but what if you're asking this or asking this same question, but it gives me a different answer. And the problem was that in most cases, the answer I would come up with was a great answer, but it wasn't the question you were asking. And because of that, then I would get it wrong. What happens when you get questions wrong all the time? How does that make you feel? I don't know about you, but it made me feel like I was kind of stupid. Had nothing to add at the table. I'm going to be embarrassed if I get asked a question. So I'd get nervous. It would add to my anxiety. I would feel like I don't even want to be at the table. I don't even want to have a conversation because like they're amazing. They're so good. They're smart. And I'm the one at the table that's not. Now, here's the thing. How often have you felt that? 
how often have you got to a table or not said yes to being at a table because you've thought, mm, don't think I've got much to add here. Oh, I'm going to just, I'm going to be the, you know, the one at the table that's not done this or that or got those letters after my name. When I realized that I've always got something to add to the table, I was willing to be at the table. So one of the strategies I had to learn was to ask questions. Why? Because I needed to ask, what is that actual question you're asking? Okay. Or what do you mean by that word? Okay. How do you mean that that's what it's about? Oh, okay. Great. So am I right in asking the question you're asking is this? Yes. Fantastic. Here's the answer that I have. That has helped and served me so many times in life because when I'm having conversations with people, as you know, and I press record, which is what I do on the Global Human Intelligence podcast with amazing leaders across the globe, I am really comfortable to ask many questions because I know that I can keep asking until I know how to have an answer to that question. So that's the strategy. When we've got the right strategies, it's easy to navigate the uncomfortable. What's another thing? Let me think. Okay, so asking questions is having frameworks. I think this is really important when you're having those uncertain conversations, those navigating those tricky conversations. It's having frameworks to take people through. I don't always know how or where the conversation, if we use the example of the Decision Table podcast, I don't know where that's going to go. On the show, it's a live show. It could go anywhere. They can go around different, you know, rabbit holes and, and I need to be able to make sure that we keep to something that's going to be on, on, on target, I guess to why I've even created it. And that's not always easy when, you know, you're having a conversation that maybe you don't know where we're going to go with that conversation, what we're going to do with it. That's how you probably feel on the Global Human Intelligence podcast. And I do that on purpose because I think this is a skill that all of us need to learn is when when you're with friends, just go there for a minute. When you're with friends and having a conversation, do you turn up before that and go, this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to make sure we go through those three points and this is the result we want by the end of the conversation. We don't do that. Yet we do that in a business sense. We do that particularly if we're thinking we may disagree at the table. We come prepared. So how do you become prepared when you've got to face a conversation that you don't necessarily know where it's going, what's going to come out of it? So these frameworks really help. I always know that the first thing is to connect with that person. Remember how I said there's maybe nothing that you feel like you've got in common? Find something that's common right from the start that you can connect on. Then it's like, find something that they love. 
that they want to talk about from what you've found with a connection. So if someone's interested in cars, then that's not something I'm being really fascinated in. I love my Jeep Wrangler. But beyond that, I like seeing them, but spending hours talking about old cars or new cars, mm, it's probably not my forte at all. But if it's interesting to someone and I found that out, then I would ask a question like, where where did that start from, your interest in cars? So all of a sudden we're connecting to the deeper person and it's okay to ask a personal question because they feel comfortable about talking about that. So find a spot in the conversation where you and the other person can start connecting, even though you may have nothing in common from the outlook. Then it's like, what is the result you'd want at the table at that conversation? And often if it's really tricky and it's a tough thing, then I just want to know by the end of it that we've got one thing that we're going to feel like we're actioning on, that there's progress moving forward. One thing. We can find one thing. And we may need to listen to everyone at the table and we may listen to all of the options and none of them seem to line up. But there might be one thing, one thing that is common in amongst all of them. It might be that we just want to see, maybe you're having problems with the team and, you know, no one's getting on with anyone at the table, but you're wanting to see culture. You know that it's, you're wanting to see that at a point that is going to be nice to come to work or to or with, and that it's going to be fun for others to come and join the journey with you. What if it's the first place is the kitchen space that you all share? No one's liking it. No one's wanting it. And all of a sudden we make that a nice place. Yes, it doesn't fix all the other things, but it starts moving the conversation forward. And that's what we need to do so that it becomes safer for us to start talking about the other things. And I think knowing that you don't need to sort it all out at once is okay as well when you're navigating uncertain conversations. But we always need to know, every single person at that table needs to know that we're not wasting our time, that you're going to listen to me and you're going to give me a space where I can have voice. Is that what you do in your conversations? Are you doing that? So one of the things that I said was that I'm inviting more people to the table and to the conversations table. We are literally opening up spaces and, you know, there's going to be some opportunities for open conversations where everyone is invited and you can choose whether you want to come to it or not. I hope you choose to come to them. And I can't wait for the borders to really open up because 
I know I've got some Americans particularly that are busting to come and be at the table. And I can't wait for you to join me and amazing other smart humans at the table. Those conversations are going to be interesting because we're going to have many, many different distinctions at that table. Everyone's not going to look the same. Everyone's not going to sound the same. But there will be frameworks we work through to make sure that by the end of it, you can make sure that you're going to take you as a leader to a next level, that you as the collective and part of your collective, the platform that you use is really focused on the next of building out what that can look like to be more effective. So that's a part of the framework. And then the last bit is always what is your ownership and us as a group to the footprints you're leaving behind in the global landscape. And, you know, how we do that is going to be different, even though the frameworks are going to be the same. And, you know, as we evolve and as the conversations, I hope, will evolve over time as leaders become more confident, realize that they can be at the table, realize that uh, the more trust they have and transparency at their table, the more we can take that conversation to new levels. And one of the reasons we're doing future conversations is because, you know, leaving those footprints, some of those conversations are really intense and really need to be looking at some of these problems that we're seeing in, in figuring out as a collective how we can be part of that solution. And, and so those tables, there's going to be conversations that, you know, even though that theme, I know one, the first one of the future conversations is increasing more women at the table. That can be a tricky conversation in some places and we need to make sure that we've got different people in the in different you know regions of the world that are seeing this at that table and adding what they need to to bring more perspective to that conversation there could be some tricky moments to navigate and we need it to feel safe so it's safe because in in conversations at my table there is no judgment because I can't, like I told you, I'm, I'm dyslexic. I'm an introvert. I've got many weaknesses, many things that are not necessarily something that is a positive. But I also know I've got many things that are strengths, many genius zones that can add value. And I'm really willing to see how smart brains together could come up with smart solutions. And I think it's part of the willingness of, of going and knowing that in conversations, I don't always have all the answers. I don't even know, but I know how to ask questions so we can find those answers. And I know that when we ask questions, we can work from what we know 
And if we don't know something, we can find out. And then it takes us to then go, what is that one thing that we can all work for on, progress on? So if you're not having those conversations, I want to challenge you that start having different conversations. Start going, if I was to have a different conversation at home, what would that look like? How can I change things if things at home are not going? Uh, You know, I often get asked with my relationship. I often get asked about my children. And I'm really open and honest about it. And it's not because I've got everything perfect because anyone that knows me knows that I don't. But it's because I'm working on it. It's because I'm always working on my relationship with my husband, my children. And I'm doing that because then we'll function as an ecosystem so much better. And it's more fun for them, more fun for me. And some of those things, then when you go out into the workplace, you're not dragging in that rubbish in with you. You're starting your day off ready because you've just had a great time with your family and you're ready to get off and and into what you need to in the workplace. These conversations may be conversations at home, maybe the conversations with team, maybe they're conversations with yourself, maybe they're conversations with someone new, maybe they're with your community. There are conversations that you can have anywhere and everywhere. What's your intention with your conversation? What are you going to do with it? How can you be more effective? How can you... How can you start having different conversations that are going to bring you new perspectives, new thinking, and maybe even help give you new learnings? I don't know about you, but one of the things I love traveling the world, and it was such a such an amazing thing for me, was I was kind of getting, before I traveled, I was kind of getting bored. I was listening to the same things, listening to what people would say are gurus, amazing legends, and I would go, but they're saying the same things. What I loved about traveling was when I was immersed in these cultures, living amongst the people, that I would learn different reasons, different thinkings behind why they made decisions. You know, why why are people a little more aggressive in some places? Do you know why? In some places they've had to. They've had to fight for their country. They've had to fight to have education. They've had to fight for, you know, safety, for them to be able to feed their families. And when you've had to deal with things like that, there is differences You know, there's others that are really shy, really withdrawn, are yes people. There's reasons to that. Maybe they've been in a dictatorship. Maybe they've been in systems that have meant that there is real tight guidelines, restrictions. There's only one way that you're meant to do it. You're not to think for yourself, you're meant to do exactly what I tell you 
that creates and conditions people in ways that can be generational. And I think that what we have to be careful of is that when we invite people to have a conversation, that we let those things that may have conditioned someone to be different to stop us from having a new conversation, stop us from seeing that maybe beyond that, they've got something that you could learn from, some, a different perspective that you've never thought of or something that they do, which is a strategy that unless you had a conversation, you'd never learn. So my challenge this week with this podcast is for you to have a new conversation to make intentional conversations. I want you to set even a number. If you were to have this week, and maybe it could be as simple as this, that you're having one conversation with your family this week that's going to be different. It's going to use some of these things that I've talked about today, some thoughts, insights. Maybe it's this week you're going to have seven conversations with seven new leaders across the globe. And you're just, your only intention with that is, is I'm going to listen. I just want to see what they're seeing. And I'm going to gather that data. And at the end of those seven conversations, you take that data and you look at it. Wow. These are seven different people, but they're all seeing that leaders are not wanting to collaborate. I wonder why that is. Whatever it is, yeah? It's amazing what data does, how you can start making some decisions when you've got more data. And it gives you certainty because all of a sudden you've got some real data, real time and it's not just you saying something, believing something, but you're actually seeing it. And the only way we're going to get real live data is if we have more conversations. And the only way we're going to shift the change in culture is if we have conversations. Otherwise, we're going to keep doing that the same way. We're going to keep repeating some of these same patterns that we've seen in leadership and that we don't want. So those things that I pulled out in that conversation with Sam was because I don't want to repeat some of those things that I, and one of them was I need to expand my tank. Why? Because I didn't have enough by the end of the year to give out from, and I was only surviving by the end of it. Why? Because I'd just done a couple of years of doing that. And last year was tough in so many ways. And so I needed to expand my tank so that I had more to give out on. So this year, I'm making sure that I started the year with more of an expanded tank. I did that purposely on January, and I'm going to be doing that every year in January, where I don't do the face-to-face -face in the workspace until February. 
I can do the strategic, I can do the connections that I want to do. The rest of it's family, it's time, it's it's training, just listening to things, maybe those conversations, trainings, the courses that I bought that I never listened to, that I never got time to do, that's January. That was something I learned from it. We've got to learn from the things that worked and learn from the things that don't work. And the best way I know how to do that is by having conversations, even when you don't want to have a conversation, even when it's tricky, when it's uncomfortable. We need to learn as a leader to be able to have those uncomfortable conversations. All right. I want to know what conversations are you having? Who are you going to have those conversations with now? And what is that going to look like? So please make sure you reach out and you let me know. If you're not, by the way, on our email list, reach out to concierge at decisionvelocityglobal.com. And that is the place that we are making sure people know things and uh, are going to be kept in around when we have those conversations and when you can come to the table and and be a part of it because I want to I want more people coming I want more of these kind of conversations I want you to be able to feel really comfortable and navigating the uncomfortable because that's how we will see change if we just keep doing it the same we're not if we are willing to have these conversations, even when we look different, even when we sound different, then, you know, here's the thing. Probably if you're feeling awkward, if you felt uncomfortable, there's others that have done the same. The reason I've told you stories on my dyslexia, some of the strategies I use being introverted and and things like that is because... For a long time, I thought that I couldn't do some of these things because I wasn't confident. I wasn't going to be able to do it like everyone else. I wasn't going to be able to, you know, um, add value. I really struggled with that for a long time because I didn't know that I had value. I didn't know that what I've got is going to be valuable When I learned that actually I had a lot to add to the table, I also then needed to learn because I'm introverted, because I'm dyslexic, because of some of the other things that I've, by the way, uh, because I'm dyslexic, I used to talk really, really fast. And I would say things backwards. I'd trip over my words. You wouldn't understand me. I would complicate you more than help you. And I had to learn that if I slowed down, if I said things in sound bites, one idea, one sentence, that I would be able to get my message across. So figure out ways that if you have struggles, that you can communicate your message in a way that others can hear what you've got to say. And then when you are at those tables, having those conversations, take a moment to just listen to the other person. Take a moment 
to see the other person beyond their conditionings, beyond their biases or your biases. Take a moment to look for that one thing that maybe you and them, the other person, can connect on. I hope this has been helpful. I love these moments of just looking at how can we be more effective as a leader? How can we learn from what has been said in the podcast before? How can we now take some of those insights and, and put actions to it? The actions this on this podcast are have more conversations, new ones, and Really, I hope that you've learned from some of these insights better ways to be able to navigate that conversation, even if it's tricky. And the other piece is don't run away from those tricky ones. Know that you have it in you. You've got strategies, tools, ways in which you can feel very confident to have a seat at a table and to add your value to the conversation and to be able to get your message out clear. All right. I'm looking forward to our next time together. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe, leave awesome ratings and reviews. Our hope is that this product creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, and a curiosity for the need to be a part of the change, to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, join us at our next Global Human Intelligence Forum or apply to our next Leaders Movement Parlay. Both links are in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to build a tribe and make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, pioneers, future thinkers, and movement changers. Big love. See you on the next Global Human Intelligence Podcast.